Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, he is the knight, it's Anthony James. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Hello, Conrad. How are you today? Uh, I'm very well. Um, I am proud of managing to figure out a pun for the little introduction there because uh, how, how was Knight spelled there? I'm not saying, but it could be a K-N, it could just be a single N. It could be an N-I-T-E, like a like a American nightclub. Is that how they spell that? Oh, yeah. That's not how they spell that. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. An, a nightclub in America is spelled N-I-T-E. Well, American listeners could uh, correct me potentially, but I'm pretty sure it is. I'm uh, pretty Who sure it is. allowed that to happen? That's outrageous. I, I, I just go with the old-fashioned discotheque. Uh, yeah. Well, you could have, you could, <laughs> Conrad, you could have went with, uh, he is vengeance, Anthony James. <laughs> that would have been good. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> we're here. I'm just going to get right into it. We're here to talk about the Batman. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, there a is a bit less of gruff, a little less gruff, I, which I appreciate. So, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put an amnesty on talking in gruff voices for the first ten minutes of this podcast. Okay. We're allowed to do it for that. After that, we have to stop because, oh, okay. as as history has shown us, um, <laughs> if if you allow people to do shitty Batman voices. <laughs> We in fact know people who who did this. I'm not going to name names, but we know <laughs> we knew people who did this. If you allow people, if you indulge people's shitty Batman voices, uh, they will never stop doing it. They will never ever stop doing it. Uh, we we had a friend who I say friend. We knew someone yeah. who uh, would do an impression of a character from Batman. And fuck me, was it hard work to get through? Uh, and you know, there's enough jokers in the world. Conrad, Conrad's the one who first asked. So we'll... <laughs> no, you didn't ask. You were offered, and you accepted the offer for the for the to yeah. hear to hear the uh, rendition. Yeah, yeah. I I made the mistake. I opened Pandora's box, and I've been regressing it for for the last twenty years. Um, Anthony, how are you? I haven't actually asked that yet. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, you know, I think I put my cards right on the table. Um, my Joker cards right on the table for this one from the start. This was a bloody brilliant film, um, I, mm. and I'm, I, I think Conrad maybe agrees with me. That, you know, we'll get we'll get into the details, but I just I absolutely love this film. And you know what? Mm. Isn't it a real sad thing to say that this is the first time I feel like I've seen a Batman film since The Dark Knight Rises? I don't. I know what you mean. You know, what I mean, even though Batman's been around, I, this is the first time I think mm. I, I feel like I've seen a Batman film. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, and, and it's also. Uh, we won't we won't get fully into it just yet because obviously we need to do our, our little little preamble. We've got to stick to the formula, otherwise, <laughs> what are we even doing? But uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and it was this was like a a breath of fresh air for superhero movies, which I appreciate. Maybe sounds a little bit kind of churlish to be like, oh, finally superhero movies are good again because they've been good for a while, but this feels like a different kind of movie yeah. to a lot of superhero movies in a way that's really refreshing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so. Let's not beat around the bush, the bat bush, in fact, any further. Uh, <laughs> not entirely sure what I mean by that, but we'll swiftly move on. And let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies. So we, we've just been talking about Bat- the Batman. I'm gonna, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep calling it Batman 
Matt Reeves, you've made a rod for your own back by calling this the Batman because I'm. It just makes it harder to say. What was was the first was the first ever Batman uh, Tim Burton Batman? Was that just called Batman? That was just Batman. Okay, yeah, okay. That's that why was... this is the Batman. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they wanted to distinguish it. Um, but yeah, so we are going to talk about the Batman uh, momentarily. I just wanted to mention mm-hmm. one thing very quickly no because um, <laughs> what do you do? You say no problem. No problem. <laughs> okay, you said that so quickly that I was just—I I had no idea what words came out of your mouth there. It just kind of ca- sounded like a. And I, you and you were you were like a first year in my uh, in my in my class. Uh, the first time they ever have me as a teacher because I've got an Australian accent and they're not expecting it. And I yeah. say like a whole like five minutes of stuff and they're just looking at me like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was like. It's <laughs> it's just trying to digest that accent for the first time. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Baftas very quickly because they happened. Oh yeah. Uh, two days ago uh, no wait it'll be friday when we release this so when did i watch it i think i watched it on monday i'll make it four days ago so yeah four days ago um did you i, I assume you didn't watch them but um, to be honest with you no and i've only i've only actually heard the power of the dog uh won something i haven't yeah i so haven't actually heard I, I don't know why i didn't even didn't even look into it well i mean to be fair you and I'm going to say about 70% of the actual winners because unfortunately um, the BAFTAs continue to I, I like the BAFTAs, they're fun they're, they're, they're like, a, they're, they're an interesting an interesting kind of preamble to the Oscars yeah. and they give a good ind- indication of who's going to win but unfortunately a bunch of people who won just weren't at the uh, weren't at the show and it became very awkward watching like Benedict Cumberbatch sitting there um, <clears throat> hoping he was going to win the best actor and then it going to Will Smith who was like the latest in a long line of people who are just like yeah I'm not he's not here so it went to Will I Smith guess. interesting it did, yeah, for for that old for King Richard, who apparently is the front runner for the Oscar. But seriously, oh, this is this is a Leonardo DiCaprio all over again. It, mm, has Will Smith mean. ever? Won, obviously, Leo's better than Will Smith, but has Will no, Smith ever I, ever won an Oscar? No, this I don't really think feels like one. it could could be the last chance to give him one. That's what it kind of feels like. Or it, 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 it also be, yeah. it also it also feels like um like. It also feels like maybe they're like uh, criticized for not having more representation, and they're like, "Oh, um, uh, who should we give it to? Uh, we'll give it to Will Smith." Um, potentially, that I mean, could I've be not it. seen King Richard to be honest, so I don't know what his performance is like. I know what Will Smith is like as an actor, and I know that I don't really like. Oh, he was very good in Pursuit of Happiness. I thought that was a really good film. And, and, and yeah, okay. I don't know who he was up against that year, but I, I think that would have been the year that he should have got it. Like Leo should have got it a few years, and then they didn't give it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it kind of feels like to me. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be. Uh, but yeah, so um, just to go through the winners then. So yeah, Power of the Dog won Best Picture. Jane Campion, director of Power of the Dog, won Best Director. Um, Will Smith won Best Actor. Um, oh, I've already forgotten her name, and I feel awful about it. After the 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 lead from After Love, I'm going to look it up now because she, it, like I've heard this I haven't seen really After good. Love. Hold on. After Love. I'm typing it in as we speak. Just bear with me, listeners. I can hear you complaining joanna scanlon um that's her name so she won the best uh, best actress okay. which uh is apparently well deserved i need to see that movie but she's not nominated for an oscar so that's not going to happen but, oh really um, that's no, interesting was, uh, is, is, yeah, is she british for the oscar she, uh, she's welsh yeah so, okay well so, there you uh, go this is the thing um so <laughs> i uh, the power of the dog has some sort of uh you know tangential relationship to britain because benedict Cumberbatch is a star and I, yeah. I'm just interested to see whether that carries forward to the Oscars because there always some there always is a little bit more of a favoritism towards British uh, stars and the BAFTAs and to maybe you'd say rightly so. Um, 
So oh yeah, absolutely. There, well, I mean, there should have been more. There really mm. should have been more because, like, when when Benedict Cumberbatch he he didn't get it, and then he went up for Jane Campion to get the I think it was Best Picture. He went mm. up, or it might have been Best Director afterwards. He went up to collect it for her because Jane Campion wasn't there either, and uh, he started reading his uh, acceptance speech for the Best Best Actor Oscar um, of BAFTA, which I thought was very funny. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you should have given it to him. You should have given it to him. Like, we come on, he's in the room. That should be. Like in acceptance criteria number one or awarding criteria number one, are they here? And if not, <laughs> yeah. next one on the list. Yeah, give it to them. That's fantastic. But uh, yes, yeah, so, so the BAFTAs happened anyway. I don't, I don't, I didn't want to say too much more than that. Um, but if you're interested in award ceremonies, they were good fun. Rebel Wilson was kind of funny as the host, Whoa, which is not that's the first time in a while. Yeah, not something I often say about Rebel, Rebel Wilson. To be honest, she tends to rub me the wrong way more often than not. But but speaking, speaking, yeah, speaking what we what we were saying last last week. At least they trusted her to do the job by herself. Yes, exactly. They didn't need eighty five hosts yeah. to, because they 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 were worried no single person had the star power for it. Yeah. Um, I will tell you what does have star power, and actually, in retrospect, is is its star is growing because I love the sort of retrospective that has been done on Robert Pattinson's career oh, um, after this, and that is obviously twenty twenty two's. The Batman, directed Ooh. by Matt Reeves, uh, who most people, I think quite a lot of people have seen some of his movies before. One of either Cloverfield or the American adaptation of Let Me In or one of the Planet of the Apes. Planet of the like, Apes. He's made some Planet of the Apes, definitely. Stuff. Like the three Planet of the Apes uh, trilogy, the new ones. Yeah. Mm. I, I, To be honest, I, I didn't really like any of his movies prior to this. I don't, I mean, Cloverfield's okay. I'd never saw Let Me In. I, I I love Let the Right One In, but I never mm-hmm. saw the, the the remake and the Planet of the Apes movies. They're okay as well. I I didn't I didn't ever didn't really have any great affection for them. It's so this, very like, interesting, me, you know, about that the Planet of the Apes films. Obviously, there's the Batman, but we'll say this very quickly. I started then like watch like thinking about watching those films again, and I mm-hmm. realized that like I I realized that I for some reason missed the middle one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I watched the first one with James Franco, and then I watched, went to the cinema to see the last. Is that the one, one with Andy Serkis? Wait, hold on. Andy Serkis is in the, the mall. One? He's the he's he's the ape. He, oh, he's, he's Caesar, he's Caesar yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he's in the mall. Um, you can you can tell by the Cockney accent, but he he's basically <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, that's the only bit I remember from that. No. First one. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, I didn't see the middle one, and. I, I didn't. Is that the one, the woods, the one where they're like it. living out? I haven't, the haven't seen it. Um, oh, you still haven't seen it, right? Okay, I thought you, this was going to end with you having watched it. No, no, no. no. It, it ended with me watching the Tim Burton one from the nineties, which I'd never seen, or the <laughs> two thousand and one. Which for the first twenty minutes, Barry Pepper, Barry Pepper's in that one. I will and, say the uh, first twenty minutes. Uh, I re- I regret to admit this. The first twenty minutes, I said this actually isn't as bad as people make out and then very oh. quickly very quickly yeah i realized that there's a turn maybe the issue isn't with uh the, the 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 prosthetics the issue is actually with the story and the characters themselves um yes yeah, so that wasn't a good film <laughs> also uh that then the same night i don't know why i stayed up like one in the morning watching planet of the Apes films that night the, sa- <laughs> the same night i then went and watched the original from 1968 again and let me tell you, that is a quality film. That is a quality. Yeah, film. that's a cracker. That, I love. I love like the original. I love that it just ends. Yeah. It's like it, there's no there's no like big fight to win back Earth from the apes. It's, it's a conversation in a cave, and then it's like, yeah. all right, off, let him go. <laughs> off we go. Yeah, and it's like Charlton Heston goes off into the wilderness to try and make something of his life with his, la- with, with his lady bride. Like what? What is with what? his lady? <laughs> that was that was uncomfortable. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's. A, I mean, it was made in the '60s. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like they had different views about how women should be depicted then. I think. But anyway, but, um, Matt Reeves. That's where I got with yeah. my Matt Reeves tunnel. I never actually watched any of his Planet Apes films, but I went back and watched. No, them. I mean they're they're popular. My partner really likes them. I just I, I I think it was the James Franco connection, the first one. I know he's not in the others, but he's enough to put me off of a movie series for good. Oh yes, I think. but I was going to um, say, Conrad. Actually, people on Reddit are usually very. I don't know what you would say. The Reddit community. Is can sometimes be a bit. Um, I don't know what you would Awful. say. Pompous. Terrible. Like they they think they know Wrong. better. A uh, hipster maybe. Um, sure. But they're okay, all hipsters, yeah. so they're not really hipster. But so anyway, the, the, what I was interested was I, I I was sparked actually to watch it by, by Matt Reeves as well as someone made a comment on like the Reddit movies about one of the Planet Apes films, Matt Reeves, and then like mm. load of the comments, like literally all the top comments were saying stuff like. I think this might go down as one of the best trilogies of all time. Um, I'm not joking you. The Planet of the Apes ones, this, or the Batman? No, the Planet of the Apes ones. uh, Oh, okay. About about the Planet of the Apes ones. Okay. And I thought to myself, very interesting. A lot of... That's very interesting for Reddit, because usually Reddit people are very, like, sort of... Everything's very highbrow and very hipster about it. But no, there was people saying that they thought Planet of the Apes, and these are the top-rated comments, might go down as the best trilogy of all time. Matt Reeves' Planet of the Apes. Interesting. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, good for them if they enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, they're, they're popular movies, and the, the only reason I mention it is just because I said, like, I was coming into this movie being like, okay, I know I like the score, uh, which uh, Michael Giacchino, 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 I'm, I'm sorry he did I'm the score for Lost. That. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's interesting because there's some similarities in like the very sort of bassy string mm-hmm. sections that they use. Um, but but I love his. I, I heard his his score before this and it's just this wonderfully like atmospheric uh kind of it's it makes everything feel very grim in a mm. but it's still kind of tuneful i love the use of i'm not sure what kind of bell it is but just like it, it, like this kind of it's like a funeral or something it's uh, it's oh, great yeah. um so i knew i knew like i liked his score i knew greg frazier makes very nice looking movies so he's he was the cinematographer he also shot uh june the same oh well last year and oh, rogue yeah. one and a couple of others so he's a he's a really good cinematographer so i was like it's gonna look nice at the very it least did look and nice. Rob- it did yeah and and robert pattinson as as i've hinted at before he in the last sort of what would you say five years he's kind of undergone as as has kirsten stewart actually um undergone a kind of career mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say revitalization because it implies their career was on the on a yeah he was slope, a massive wasn't. star yeah but 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 he was kind of I think we he's kind of been um, reanalyzed by a lot of like kind of mainstream moviegoers who saw him as Cedric Diggory slash the Twilight guy Edward, and yeah. he's kind of just quietly been getting on with a very very impressive career and in the last five years people have been like oh he's actually making really really good movies uh and has been for some time now yeah it's it's like um like the harry potter like people maybe daniel radcliffe potentially as well even though harry potter he was he wasn't seen as sort of negatively potentially as uh as rob pattinson was he still went from that massive series and then went into sort of more niche films and chooses what he wants to choose the interesting thing Mm. is though um Robert Pattinson did the same and he started choosing particular films and like very arty films and niche films in a similar mm. way to to um, Leonardo DiCaprio has always now obviously the big blockbusters in the last 15 years of his career but he, he was very much as well sort of 
only did projects that he wanted to do and was turned down a lot of projects. Rob Pattinson seems seemed to be going in that sort of mold of like what Daniel Radcliffe's yeah. doing now. The interesting thing is though, he then used that to get himself into another massive franchise, which yeah. which is interesting to me because he it, it was like he wasn't like he didn't go completely against big corporation, big franchise films. He just went sort of sort of I don't know washed his washed his reputation a bit and then came back out you know interesting yeah absolutely I mean it, and you know what better way to do it than than making you know the the lighthouse and good times yep. and um, I'm forgetting one but the, the, he's made like a, a, a series of very very good movies um, that are like kind of critically acclaimed and I, I think the difference I, tenet, I, I don't want to tenet, talk. tenet come on tenet yeah for sure i mean that's that's a big you know it's christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um but uh I, I think the big difference between him and daniel radcliffe and i don't want to talk down to daniel radcliffe is that like rob pattinson is just so fucking charismatic yeah. like he's such a there's such a just an i don't know if i call it enigmatic but there's just such an allure to him an animal an magnetism oh oh unbelievable <laughs> like it, like you know Catwoman in this understandable is, is all i'll say but um but it, but so he's um he, i mean we ha- we have to kind of talk about his, his casting for this really because hmm. when when so this this movie for those who don't know this movie kind of it, it, it went through I, i'm not going to say it goes so far as say it went through production hell but it went through a bit of a troubled production because initially Ben Affleck was going to direct it, he was going to star in it, uh, and he wrote the script for it. And it was stated, slated to release in 2018. Uh, and then Batman vs Superman came out, and Warner Brothers sort of said, "Hold on a minute, guys, let's <laughs> let's slow the horses a little bit here, and let's have a look at what we're doing." And there was a lot of back and forth on it. You know, this was well before Matt Reeves or Robert Pattinson was ever involved, mm-hmm. but eventually warner brothers kind of after several years of of back and forth on this they decided they want like and after ben affleck had decided he didn't want to direct the movie Mm because he just wanted to star in it warner brothers decided they wanted an auteur to make the next batman which is a you know for a company that is often kind of made fun of for how shitty the dc movies often are that's a you know it was a very wise choice i think Mm -hmm. um and they hired matt reeves uh, ben Affleck had to leave the production because of uh, he like checked himself into rehab, I think, for alcohol abuse, and that cleared the way for Robert Pattinson to come in, and we ended up with the the pairing that we have here. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, but, because like if you think about the history of Batman films, the ones that are the most critically acclaimed and also you would imagine the most memorable and successful are hmm. ones that have been made by sort of the upper echelon of a director, i.e., like either like an auteur. Or like a massive director like Chris Nolan, and then you've got Tim yeah. Burton's ones. Like even the ones from the '90s, the, the first two Tim Burton ones are the ones that stand the test of time. Um, yeah. So it, it's interesting that they 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 sort of keep trying to dip their toes into a more sort of franchisey, run of the mill uh, Batman, and it never really works, you know. No, no, it doesn't. And 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 funnily enough, I I actually haven't looked at how well this is doing. I think it's doing quite well. Um, oh, well, but it's funny. everyone it, I know is going to see it. So, yeah, but it but it's funny that in hiring Robert Pattinson, who is very much not when you look at him. I mean, he's kind of like Michael Keaton, I guess. That's the comparison you'd make. Like when you when you although Michael Keaton was coming to the role of Batman when it was perhaps a bit sort of 
camper and hadn't been and he was more of turned a into comedy this... actor as well at the time yeah but but he still doesn't seem like a superhero no, and you no, know robert no. pattinson's coming to it after ben affleck who was built like a brick shit house when he was doing his <laughs> his batman and then before that obviously christian bale yeah and, and robert pattinson was coming to it as like this makeup wearing long-haired fop who's listening to Bauhaus and shoegaze and and like doesn't speak and he just doesn't seem like he's the right fit for the role and then he just absolutely makes it his own he is yeah. it's like unbelievable the 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 way that he captures something in it and funnily enough in going this route with an auteur director and a bit of a sort of out of left left field casting for batman Warner Brothers may have actually ended up with a very successful trilogy of Batman movies on their hands here because this is getting such positive word of mm-hmm. mouth that the next one is going to be even bigger. Like that, more more people are going to go and see that, and as long as that's okay, the third one will probably follow suit. So it's it's quite funny how they've sort of stumbled into this. Yeah, it is strange, isn't it? And I like, I I feel about it to be honest with you. Like I I like I like a self-contained Batman. Like I I. I mm. I don't like Batman if Superman's involved. Like, don't get me wrong. No. I love Superman. And like, you know, like a child has a favorite color. My ch- my childhood favorite superhero <laughs> is Superman. You know what I mean? Having said that, I don't believe Batman needs to have... I, Batman works best when he's in a realistic world without su- mm. without Wonder Woman. And of course, like Justice League and stuff can be cool. But I just think Batman works best when he is this caped crusader in the in the city this this like horribly run city with downtrodden yeah. people and he's like sort of the dark figure that fights for them i i think yeah. and rob pattinson encapsulated that so well and what's interesting conrad is that yes he was bruce wayne but for 95 percent of this film he was batman i i think that oh yeah i think yeah. there must have been less than 15 minutes of bruce wayne in this the the only really notable moment of characterization for bruce wayne in this movie is when he comes downstairs after a night of crime fighting and alfred's like i've made you some berries yeah. <laughs> and 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 he sits down to eat some berries and he's wearing this like oversized jumper he looks like he's the front man of fucking joy division yeah. and he sits down to eat berries with his butler where while wearing and he puts on some sunglasses to eat berries indoors and i was like okay that tells me everything i need to know about this version of bruce wayne and it's but that's you're absolutely right apart from that the the whole rest of the movie is just batman there's no you know time spent with him going to fancy balls or Mm -hmm. doing bruce wayne stuff and and it's it's funny that you say that um batman works best as a kind of self-contained thing because i think the the history of the movies definitely bears that out i Mm -hmm. mean none of them apart from the ben affleck ones have really tried to broach that gap and be like here's superman and the justice league yeah. are here as well um and 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 they were you know the the most critically panned ones i think mm-hmm. it's fair to say but um this being self-contained it's also even within the confines of like batman is going to operate on his own in gotham it's a very simple story um yeah. and, and you you actually said to me because you saw this would you say it, two weeks ago you saw it before me. I saw it. Uh, I think I saw it. Yeah, I saw it a little bit before you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but so you, I, I kind of knew what it was going to be going into it, but you really sold me on it when you were like, it's essentially just like a detective noir movie. Yeah, is and it just happens to Batman just happens to be the detective <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Like, so um, I'll, I'll I'll say now for people who don't know, we're not going to get into spoilers just yet, so don't worry. But so that the the sort of the plot of this movie is there is a psychopath known as the Riddler who is murdering corrupt city officials across Gotham mm-hmm. and the police are implicated in the conspiracy. So uh, Commissioner Gordon, oh, he's not Commissioner at this point. He's a 
sergeant, I think. They always they always man. start off with him at a lower level, don't they? He's a lieutenant or something. I don't know. He's he's high enough to make a call to Batman, not so high that he's yeah. corrupt. You could have a Batman trilogy bingo card. You know, Jim Gordon becoming oh. the commissioner in the second <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah. That's don't the put bingo. that in your first movie. <laughs> yeah. Don't put that in the you need to kill the police commissioner first. Yeah. That's the that's the rules. But yeah, so Jim Gordon he put he gets on the bat phone and he says, Oi, Batman, we've got some trouble in Gotham. Uh and, and Batman is essentially investigating these murders and getting well, embroiled yes. in this web of lies and corruption, uh yeah. as as he as it reveals itself. But Conrad, you have missed a little little bit there in the setup. They fantastically built batman in a way that i haven't seen him built at the very beginning of a film before he is like the the criminals fear him and like they have they have a like a load of really cool shots like the Mm. bat symbol isn't just to call batman it's to strike fear in the hearts of all the criminals and that and and then whenever god let you finish just also just get overexcited yeah no 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 just just (laughs) just just to to top it off like they 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 then through this monologue and like you know Mm. having him sort of um he was uh he was narrating it as well by doing this he was like talking about like they're afraid of the dark and it was showing i didn't actually i don't even know if he said it actually but just they were showing the criminals once they saw the bat symbol they were like looking into like dark hallways dark alleyways dark doorways Mm. and they were just like basically getting really terrified that he could be anywhere you know yeah yeah that that i I, i'm glad you've you've said that because you've reminded me of the introduction to the character Mm -hmm. which is at the beginning of the movie there are three kind of there are three oh, we're crimes more than sorry on. sonry Connor. i just went <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i've broken the rule you've broken the rule get out <laughs> you're not we're, we're shutting the podcast down you're not allowed to do it um yeah so the, the opening of the movie one of the best openings to a superhero movie i've ever seen certainly one of the best introductions to a character which is a weird thing to say about a character that we all know as well as batman <laughs> yeah, exactly. but but it is but it is because you know you see like these three crimes going on there's someone doing graffiti there's i can't remember what the other one is but and there, there's some people like about to beat up a guy who's mm-hmm. just got off a train and then there's this voiceover which if you weren't expecting if you didn't know that this was a noir movie to begin with the moment it starts with batman in voiceover narrating what's happening it's like oh, okay I've, we, i know what we're doing now um <laughs> And then, yeah, you're right. He, he says that the bat symbol is there to make them fear. And as soon as the bat symbol goes up in the sky, it cuts all these criminals like looking at dark hallways yeah. and just shitting themselves. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is really cool. And then, as it turns out, one of the crimes, Batman is there to stop. And he, I think that, is that the bit where he describes himself as vengeance? Or is yeah, that later? Said, Who are you, you freak or whatever? And he goes, I'm vengeance. And I yeah, was like, which is, I was like, okay, I, I, I love that, like, the whole arc of the movie. And we're not going to get the spoilers. Maybe we'll do that very briefly at the end. Um, I'm sure most people are going to see this, but at the very like the, the the whole arc of the story is Batman learning his place and what he has to do, and maybe vengeance mm. isn't the best thing to be. But by God, isn't that cool? At the start, whenever he's oh, just yeah. like, "I'm vengeance," and then starts beating I, the hell out of them all. Yeah, that and that's that's something I wanted to talk about. So we might as well talk about it now. Yeah. Is that so? Uh, Greg Frazier's cinematography is very dark the darkest that batman has ever been i mm-hmm. think like it's quite hard to tell what's going on a lot of the time and that's by design i think but and and it brilliantly kind of i think that the, the sort of close dark shots on batman and other characters in this are used to kind of 
show off the scenes where there's fighting or mm-hmm. the the action scenes because when there is fighting it's not that often but it's these brilliant like wide angle shots of batman just absolutely beating the shit out of people like and it, it and it's not yet the way he walks like the sound design of like where he's yeah. he sounds like he weighs like 500 pounds he's literally like wearing doc step, martens like, or something yeah yeah it's like oh this guy is gonna fuck you up um and it, it, it's just it works so well mm-hmm. uh and, and then and then it gets right back to those really close-up shots including this is a bit of a jump ahead but oh, there the is a muzzle flashing oh that no that is great as well yeah the, the that was in the trailer was... i think but still it was just amazing it was amazing it was like the, yeah, just it was like the darth vader in rogue corridor. one moment you know what i mean yes yeah very similar to that which you know is greg frazier so yeah. like he knows he's got a great eye for how to introduce uh like kind of diegetic light sources yeah. into his into his scene so that you know the darth vader showing up at, on the uh on the rebel cruiser at the end of rogue one very similarly of similar to this where he's just beating up a bunch of guys in the pitch black corridor that's occasionally lit by muzzle flashes which is uh great but no i I was going to talk about the the way that the one and only car chase in the movie Mm. is shot where it's almost hard to tell there's a car chase because it's literally like face cam footage it's right up in in the faces of the people who 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 are driving yes um which introduces us to the character of the penguin so let's talk about i got you the ca- i got you <laughs> so good we we got to talk about the cast so okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna say let's talk about leave colin farrell till last because <laughs> because we're gonna get we'll get carried away and we won't talk about everyone else colin so, farrell did everything in this that jared leto didn't do in house of gucci let's just oh. say that well, yeah. So, okay. Well, and I apologize to anyone listening at home. We're gonna have to fly through a lot of this because I want to. I want to make sure we get everything. Yeah. So, Zoe Kravitz as Batwoman. I, I thought. Would re- I say Batwoman? Yeah. Sorry, Catwoman. Yes, she might turn into Batwoman. We simply don't know. <laughs> it's unlikely. It's, uh, <laughs> it's I thought unlikely. she did fantastically well. Absolutely perfect uh, casting. Yeah. I thought she did a really, really good job. Um, mm. I think there's some revelations about her character were tr- like genuinely uh great for me i thought that her storyline was great um yeah. the well now you know ba- backed up on my uh, on my wife's uh, opinion too and she is a costume worker as well in the film industry that uh balaclava didn't work for me i'm gonna the be balaclava a- with the little kind of weird cat ears yeah like i don't mind that Semi-cat i really don't like mind it. that actually i don't know what mm. it was it's just because it looked it just it just looked too new and I and I think that okay. even like the massive eye hole and everything, it, it, I understood what they were going for, but mm. because it was actually just like a balaclava material cut in that way, it made it look not anywhere near the level of polish and detail that the rest of her costume was. For me, it wasn't mm. even the fact it wasn't even the fact that it was it was a balaclava or the way that it looked a bit strange. To me, it looked like they bought it from uh, the supermarket cut the holes in it and put it on which makes it realistic but it just didn't have the detail of the rest of her costume and that's why i didn't yeah. like it okay yeah i mean i i'm not a costume designer but i thought i thought she looked great i really did think and i thought zoe kravitz's performance mm-hmm. um you know she has the 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 sympathetic storyline that I, th- yeah. I think she really captured in her performance and you know she's very sexy she ca- she and there's there's the the chemistry between her and batman i thought she was great um, she sold Jeffrey. She, yeah, she sold going into the belly of the beast really well. I will say as well. Like she, yes, she had that sort of um, that 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 feeling of like dread, but also like being brave enough to do it. I thought she did really well at that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Um, 
Oh, Jeff, Jeffy, Jeff. I Hard th- act to follow. He's following. I, I don't know if Commissioner Gordon Gary is in the Ben Affleck ones, but 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 um, yeah, Gary Oldman as as Commissioner Gordon in the uh, Christopher Nolan ones. I think he I think he did a great job. I really do. I think he did as well. And I and I and I thought that he had really good chemistry with um, Pattinson as well because they were sort of like yes. they're like a team. And like yeah, they I, were they were like opposite sides. They're like kind of mirror images of each other. Yeah, and ways. I and I really liked how even when every single other policeman and commissioner or whatever was against him trusting the batman he still trusted the batman uh yeah and i thought that w- i thought that worked really well yep okay great um and uh <laughs> my next one is colin farrell we'll get to him last <laughs> um paul paul dano as the riddler um paul dano and he um... just paul do you yeah that's right you got dano if, if you're if you want to pronounce it incorrectly as anthony does sometimes <laughs> the dano man he he's just doing Paul he's just doing Paul stuff really in this isn't he? <laughs> like, I I'm gonna be honest with you, Conrad. Never have I seen an actor. There's a few of them in actually. There's a few of them in the time, right? But he's one of the actors where you see him for the first time in a film. Maybe it's Looper, maybe it's Twelve Years a Slave, maybe it's something even before that. You see him yeah. for the or Prisoners. You see him and you think he's gonna be a Batman villain one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just know well, that guy's obviously the Riddler. Yeah. Like, like you look at him, it's like that guy's perfect for it. And and he and you know he is he's he is perfect. He's very creepy. And the the introduction to that character is shot like a horror movie. You know mm-hmm. the the um and, and it's brilliant. This isn't something I noticed actually. I have to admit I, this is something that was pointed out to me in a well not pointed out to me uh, pointed out by another critic that I then picked up on, which is that the introduction to Riddler is uh through a pair of binoculars with heavy breathing in the background oh, yeah. watching a corru- watching the mayor like kind of say goodbye to his family on mm-hmm. halloween and then it cuts to inside the house and it's shot like a horror movie you know yeah. you've got like the, the 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 mayor in the foreground watching the television uh and, and then he moves out of the way and you just see the riddler kind of in silhouette in the background mm-hmm. with his eyes kind of like gleaming yeah um and it's it's really really creepy and it's brilliantly it's a brilliant introduction to the character um and it's juxtaposed against a scene later where Batman does mm-hmm. the same thing, where he's watching people with binoculars. And it's this brilliant kind of theming of the Riddler and Batman being kind of similar as well, but obviously having different methods and goals. Ooh, yeah. In fact, in um, fact, actually, we'll uh, can we can we do spoilers now? Uh, what are we on? Thirty four. Yeah, okay. I tell you what, we'll, we'll do spoilers now. So if you haven't seen the Batman yet. We're going to start talking spoilers, so be warned. Maybe jump to the ends to catch our, our final thoughts. Yeah, so basically the Riddler, the whole way through the film, what you're saying, I noticed that. And I was really loving the parallels between the two. It felt like the Riddler was almost like a copycat of the Batman. Except, yeah, very much so. Except he was obviously carrying forward and killing people. So he was like sort of yeah. like the... he's. It's 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 almost like he's the, 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 like the orphan who's downtrodden and poor... And and therefore sees no other way of getting out of his situation other than killing people. Whereas the Batman is comes from a much more sort of upper class orphan uh, yeah, background. And and I thought that I I obviously at the time I was just thinking, oh, this is cool. They're like paralleling these two. It obviously then comes about that the Riddler thinks that he's working with the Batman the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And like, he's, it's, he's like, it's like, of, of course, of course yeah. he's like being, trying to be like the Batman. Yeah. And I thought well, that and, was And you know, so he targets cool. Bruce Wayne as well, which is like That was a brilliant... Like, I'm working with the Batman, but I'm going to target Bruce Wayne. 
wasn't that one of the best reveals? I, that was a, yeah. the, when he was just like Bruce Wayne. And he was just saying it, and you're like, oh my god, he knows, he knows. And then he just yeah. goes, he's the only one we didn't get, but we got them all, didn't yeah. we, buddy? And I'm like, oh my god, I really didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, it, it's that it, their entire relationship um, is is fantastic. Um, but I think the, the one thing I wanted to say about um, about Baldano talking about costume design mm-hmm. again is that uh, he was apparently modelled after the uh, images of like the Zodiac, Zodiac killer yeah. from um, and Ted uh, it's funny because you, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> or perhaps Ted Cruz himself. He seems. <laughs> He seems like an ageless. I mean, kind of Donald Trump type. is the most reliable of sources. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, the only reason I mention that is because this is a detective kind of murder mystery, and um, the the there is a lot of David Fincher in the way this is shot. I mm. think. Um, and it's interesting that that, that Paul Dano's uh, Riddler is kind of based off of off of Zodiac. Mm. Okay. Colin Farrell. Let's talk about him. Holy moly! Miss Scoozy. Uh, uh, it's like it, it's like. Have you seen The Untouchables? No. Okay, so Robert De Niro plays Al Pacino. Uh, doesn't play Al Pacino. He plays Al Capone mm-hmm. in The Untouchables, and he looks identical to Colin Farrell in this. But but Colin Farrell looks like uh, looks like Robert De Niro playing Al Capone with a little bit of Danny DeVito kind of mixed yeah. in there, and it is like. The the makeup on the Colin Farrell is is done by um, Mike Marino is the name of the makeup artist who did it. It's unbelievable. It's like some of the best makeup I've ever perfect. seen. It looks like he looks yeah. like a real man. And yeah, it's, it's, I had to tell my partner that was Colin Farrell. You know that that is mental. And you know the detail in there as well, like the design of him is like really interesting to me because obviously the, t- the Tim Burton one they went just full on penguin like you know he was like wow, wow. Uh, that was like a full on Danny DeVito whereas this uh, this is really subtle and he has like a scar on his face that's only on hmm. one side and it goes from his nose up diagonally up his cheek and all the time they're lighting him with half of his light in dark half his face in darkness half his face in light and hmm. therefore when you see the half of his face that's in light with the scar there, it looks like that's a penguin's beak. I thought that was such amazing, subtle costume, yeah. costume or makeup design. It just it works so well for me. I thought yeah. it was great. It, and he he's he's such a the the tone of this movie is there is there is some humor in it, but it's very serious and very dark. Yeah. And like to get a, get someone to to kind of realize a character like the penguin in a way that isn't ridiculous, particularly with Colin Farrell's performance, which is like you've already quoted it, is very quotable and very very yeah. kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it fits so well in this because there's this like sense of threat underneath him because he's like Carmine Falcone's kind of right hand man. Um, and, he's sort of uh, yeah, like he's like I don't know, he's not he's not the muscle, but he's he's kind of like their lackey, but he's also like, yeah. higher up. So like he's like the boss like when they're a not capo around in the mafia or something. Yeah, but it's yeah, he it, it's he's a great character. He really is, and and it's just it's such a treat whenever he's on screen because he's he's ridiculous, but in all the right ways. Yeah, I think. and they're, um, they're all laughing at him and stuff so like as if laughing like like who and they call him Oz, you know Oswald and all yeah. Ozzy Ozzy or whatever. You Ozzy, you're gonna do it or whatever, and they're all laughing yeah. at him. And then at the end of the film, he's sort of standing there like looking over like a flooded Gotham, thinking, "Yeah, I am gonna take over this." And I yeah. think that they have said there's gonna be like a spin-off HBO show, um, yes, like the yeah, John Cena one, but it's that. gonna be for the Penguin. Which 
I could I could see myself getting into to be honest yeah. that seems like it'd be really good fun um okay so before we talk about the kind of finale of this mm-hmm. movie I just very quickly wanted to sort of touch on the uh kind of bat stuff in this movie because that's worth mentioning it's a very a very low-tech batman film yeah. really like he's got he'll he, he uses a grappling hook sure grappling. occasionally mm-hmm. um he has got a batmobile but the batmobile the reveal of it is so cool because it's literally just like a muscle car with a fucking jet engine on the back of it <laughs> yeah. and the first thing it does is stall which like, <laughs> is very believable for a car <laughs> like he's not that. really ever used it before yeah no well and, and it's interesting that you mentioned that as well because there's 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 a moment in this where he has to escape a police station and he runs right to the top of the police station, yes. gets to the top of the roof and he gets to the edge of the roof, looks down, is like, oh, fuck. And it's very, it's it's just a reaction you don't normally see from Batman. And then he, he kind of suits up into this wingsuit thing yeah. and flies down. But he kind of fucks it up and, and injures himself quite badly. Also, it's, it's this... an actual it's an actual suit that people like jump off cliffs with in real life. Yeah, so yeah, it's a real that was cool. But it's uh, like, it's there's a lot of like batman's been doing this for a little while at this point in the movie and but you still get that yeah. yeah but you still get the sense that he's kind of like learning the ropes yeah. and mm-hmm. is not like so i mean the wingsuiting he wouldn't have that reaction if he'd done it loads of times before so mm-hmm. it's probably like he's not he doesn't enjoy the prospect of jumping off of buildings <laughs> yeah. um and and the one thing I, I I really wanted to get your take on was um what is his name da- yeah David Crossman is the um costume designer who designed the bat suit which is obviously a you know a crucial part of yeah. of any Batman movie and um I know a lot of people in the circles I run in kind of made fun of it a little bit when they saw images of this revealed but I love the fact that it's like a trench coat basically yeah. or it has a little collar like a trench coat like to really kind of uh re- really yeah and like kind of exemplify those those tropes of noir like he, he's a he's a detective who's you know hard-boiled and on the case yeah no i i really like the uh the design in, in fact like talking about those little gadgets and stuff i i find people would before this film came out people would have called the christopher nolan one in some way grounded in reality in some way like you can oh, see yeah. you can see that he was trying to do a more realistic uh batman now let me tell you the difference between the two right and this is why I like them both. I like both versions and I like both uh, styles. But this is a bit more realistic. And the reason for that is, is in Chris, Christopher Nolan's one, they're like, I want to have a bat cape which completely goes rigid and he's able to fly with. And they're like, okay, yeah. how could we do that that would be in some way plausible? Um, I don't know, maybe like electric shock through the cape which makes it stiff. It's like, is that actually practical for someone to actually go out and fight crime using that? It doesn't matter. If it's a tiny bit plausible, then I can put it in the movie. Whereas this yeah. one is, what would someone in real life have? You know yeah. what I mean? And this is and what like... what would you bring with you? Yeah, yeah. This, what, what would, if Batman existed in real life, what would he have? And that's the yeah. difference, is that Christopher Nolan, although, I, I, again, I like both styles, as long as it's plausible that in real life someone could have this, then that's okay. He can go ahead with however crazy. It's like they can go with whatever, whatever crazy idea he has, he can go ahead with it because it's plausible enough. Whereas yeah. in this, it's like, hang on, but would someone do that? You know what I mean? And that's the yeah, difference. Like there's, there's, there's never a scene in the Christopher Nolan movies where he takes the tumbler down a particularly kind of a, a road with a, yeah. a low bridge and it's like, I've got to back up. I can't get under this. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they, they don't worry about if it's even rem- remotely plausible. He just flies on rooftops. It. 
He's flying on rooftops. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, this is very much like his car is a fucking car. Yeah. It just has a jet engine on the back for when it needs to go really fast, uh, which is... I, I'm very much a fan of that, <laughs> that yeah, kind no, of Route 1 engineering. Cool. I, also love the, uh, I also love the shot in that the car chase where uh, there's a huge pile of like burning cars behind the penguin. The penguin's upside down and he's like, yep. yeah, I yep. got him. And then the Batman just like f- drives his car over the top, parks it, gets out and starts walking towards him. But it's all from the penguin's perspective and he's yeah. upside yeah. down with the flames behind him. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a great shot. It, it, I really cannot stress enough how well shot this movie is. It's beautiful to look yeah. at. Um, okay, so finale of this movie. Yeah, the, Batman has gone through all the Riddlers. Uh, the, he's left riddles behind and all the crime scenes that he's visited, which you said were great because when you hear them them solved, oh, you said to me privately when yeah. you hear them solved, it's like, oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. The riddles are. Quite clever. I, I I enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Um. But we we finally get to the point where the Riddler has been caught and a big kind of conspiracy involving Bruce's parents and all the high ranking members of the of the Gotham elite and the I can't remember what it's actually called. There's got to be a program. failed community. Uh, yeah. Fund it's something. It's like re- revitalized Gotham, a Gotham or something like that. Yeah. And every every the, the problem with doing it in Gotham is everyone's skimming off the top, and you have yeah. to know that they're skimming off the top. So there's not going to be anything left for the people of Gotham. Well, um, in in the Chris Nolan ones, it was the monorail. In this one, it was like a community fund project. Uh, yeah. I, every single one. That's 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 the essence of Batman. Like yeah, you have to have the downtrodden who have been screwed over by the uh the the rich elites who's promising them the future and then it failing it has to happen that way absolutely absolutely yeah i mean gotham can't work well it can't be a functional city that's the main reason but um yeah so eventually the riddler is is captured is taken into custody but it's all revealed to be part of his expected plan and uh he he his his, explosives that he's planted block the seawall to gotham flood the city and everyone rushes into uh what is essentially madison square garden yeah i can't it's literally called gotham square garden i think yeah i don't actually know where it was shot because principal photography for this i think was mainly in london and edinburgh so Mm. i don't know where they shot that but it looked a lot like madison square garden yeah yeah. but um but yes they flood it and then there's like gunmen in there and there's this there is this wonderfully cathartic scene and 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 to talk about this we're gonna have to talk about the kind of people who aren't going to enjoy this movie (laughs) which is to say a a lot of people i think it's based on the viewing i went to so (laughs) there are long periods of this movie where quote unquote nothing happens you know it's just batman solving you know kind of solving some crimes looking at dusty sheets of paper going through microfilm all that kind of stuff it's all great stuff i love it it. Mm -hmm. but i don't know what your showing of this was like my showing and i i i said this to anthony before we started recording so i was like i've got to get this in because it was the (laughs) worst movie i loved this movie and it's in spite of it being one of my worst cinema experiences of all time so i had a group of four teenage boys and and their mom i presume sat behind me I had to tell one of them off at one point because he kept on putting his feet up on the chair next to me and I was like, I'm not having this. So I had to be that person. And then there was a there was a man, a grown man, in his easily in his forties with his son. And he got up like I'm not gonna judge someone for needing to go to the toilet, but at the same time, he got up and went to the mo- went to the toilet five times in this movie. It's a three hour movie, it's not that long. Come on. 
and and then he he would get his fucking phone out and i was sat behind, like a couple of rows behind him so i could see what was on his phone he was looking on his phone at stuff about the batman i could see the images no on, way. On so i was like would it just watch the movie if you're if you're waiting for questions to be answered the film is there they're gonna tell you don't i promise you but so that was the experience i had and still despite all of that despite having to tell off some kid who was being annoying i'm thinking about making the un- the frankly unconscionable decision to tell off not one but two people in one film for basic breaches of film that watching uh, uh rules the etiquette i got the etiquette yes exactly thank you i got to that final scene and <laughs> that it's just such a you get this i mean a, a wave i guess is the word for it no pun intended this wave of catharsis as batman has been defined by vengeance mm-hmm. and is a very angry man and he finally he just puts his body on the line to protect people. I love it, yeah. And it and it's it's just it's such a good conclusion to this movie. And and you're I, I was like, fuck, is they gonna kill Batman in the first movie of this trilogy? Like, obviously they're not gonna kill him in the first movie of this trilogy, but they they get you. They really do. Well, get yeah, because I, I like up until now. I, that's why I loved it as well. And I I think there is a criticism, but I I like this. But there is a criticism that this end of this film is a little bit. Lo- uh, Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, where there's like three different endings. But yeah, you know, there's a little true. bit of that criticism there. But I actually, I actually, I accept that as a comparison. But I actually like that about it. I like yeah. that we sort of get the end of him uh, solving the case, and then we get him having to confront the uh, the gunman. Uh, then yep. as well as that i like the idea that we get uh them him you know him becoming the batman who is for the people and to help the people rather than being the batman who's just trying to focus on the crime and that's the yeah it's, it's really interesting because it's analogous to the real world conrad actually uh <laughs> when when does the world get better well it's when you actually try to help people not when yeah. you try and punish people um and yeah. and i think that that's what he's sort of learning is that he's there to save the people uh, and therefore that's what he's going to become he's going to become their hero and i like that transition of him into a hero i thought it worked yeah. really really well absolutely yeah and i i think and, and there's that wonderful um top down shot which we've got, we've got i've gone on about the photography but the top down shot of him walking yeah, with, with a flare the, yeah. with uh with a crowd of civilians behind him and he's leading them out and it's just uh, it, it it is such a good ending to this movie and i i think this is uh, so uh, the things i will say is uh, that are not i don't think these are criticisms but i can understand why people don't enjoy this movie for them uh, for these reasons it is a long movie Mm -hmm. it asks you to pay attention the whole way through Mm -hmm. i i think it could stand to probably be about half an hour shorter though i don't really know what you'd cut but i i definitely think you could probably shave a bit off um and if you're coming here for your typical like kind of Marvel action fest where the final half hour is just people punching like nameless robots or whatever, mm-hmm. that you're not going to get that with this. Which is not to say that's bad. I like those kind of movies as well. Yeah, but this yeah. is not that. This is not that kind of movie. Um, and I think definitely in the the showing I was in, I could tell that there were people who would like come here being like, "Oh, cool, we're going to see Batman. I'm going to see Ben Affleck shoot a bunch of people with a gun," <laughs> despite that being the one thing Batman's not supposed to do because. I don't know. Zack Snyder decided to do that, mm-hmm. and and you could definitely tell there were some people who were a bit like, "What the fuck is? I don't know what's going on." This is asking me to pay way more attention than I was prepared to. Yeah, um, like everyone's hopped up on Marvel now, and then they get Batman back, and it's like that. Like the last time they saw it was like The Dark Knight Rises, and now they're like, "Oh my god, yeah, this is going to be like amazing," because it's like finally like they've they've come to love superhero films through Iron Man and stuff, and now it's like, 
oh my god it's the thing i love but now it's the character that i grew up watching and i just think yeah. i just think that maybe maybe there's a disconnect there having said that it's good doing really well and there's a lot of people who i know who you would call casual viewers a casual the casual audience um who absolutely love this movie and i think mm. that it's it's interesting because i think some of the criticisms are coming from people who are sort of trying to hipster it and there's also critic yeah. there's also criticisms coming from people who didn't you know the criticisms coming from the hipsters are you know and there's nothing wrong with being a hipster sometimes some of the criticisms are valid um for example i think the the introduction someone said to me the introduction of like the all of the the, the gunmen uh all of a sudden it was like bang you know like let's have this big uh, hollywood ending um when it was a very slow ro- roll the rest of the film like i can see yeah. i can see that i liked it personally and then the other sort of the casual audience you would think that they and a lot of them would say oh, it's too long it was boring uh, nothing happened the thing is, though, what I'm finding, people in our generation who grew up, uh, or at least in their teenage years anyway, watching those Chris Nolan films, uh, I'm I'm finding that they just love Batman. Like, they, yeah. they love Batman, and they want to go see Batman, and they enjoy it. And and I've from our generation, I've not heard many people who didn't like the film. And what's interesting mm-hmm. as well is, I was talking to someone, um, I think one of my colleagues from work, and they were going to see it. And they hadn't seen it, and they said that uh, you know their brother had seen it, and their brother loved it. So they were, and they said, so I'm probably going to like it too because we usually like all the same stuff. And then what he said is, like my brother said that you know you can sort of view this one as being between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to stand here and explain to them that it's a different universe, and I'm not going to do that. But for them, it's like. This, they're invested in the character enough to be like, okay, yeah. what stage of Batman is this? Is this Batman after he's just become Batman? Am I going to have to yeah. watch the origin story? And like, so they, they even at that, even at that cursory understanding of the storylines and the universe, they're still like getting excited to the point of they're thinking of where this Batman would fit. And I think that that speaks to the importance of those Chris Nolan films to our generation. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely true, and I I think as long as people are engaging with the character mm-hmm. in this movie. In, on whatever terms they can they can meet it on mm-hmm. that's a good that's good enough for me quite frankly i, I think mm-hmm. this is this is a at its core a really really great detective noir movie that yeah. just happens to feature batman occasionally beating the absolute shit out of people oh, like it, it's brutal <laughs> yeah and and that's and that's perfect for me i think yeah. it's it's and there's there's so much good here you know if you're coming for good performances you've got that if you're coming for beautiful photography you've got that a good score you've got that like there's just the my only criticism of this i think you've you've kind of nailed it a little bit there that the ending kind of does come out of nowhere to some extent but i think that's sort of the point because one of the we bought into the riddler too well yes exactly like but i but i also think like one of the tropes of noir is that the protagonist doesn't know what's going on until it's all revealed at the end um Mm -hmm. that that sense of of kind of helplessness and getting lost in this labyrinth of corruption Mm -hmm. is is one of the big tropes of the of the genre so I, i i was fine with that and as you say i i was i bought into the riddler who's very kind of very joker like or Heath Ledger's Joker, like in this sense that he's got mm. everything kind of planned out, yeah. um, which which I was I was very into. Um, I will say one yes. thing, Conrad. Though there is a negative Go for on. me. There is a negative. Go on. What I, is it? I Rip wish it off. I wish they didn't have uh, the Joker tease in the main body of the film. What the Barry Barry Keown? Barry Keown? Keown? Yeah, him? Barry Keown. Yeah, I I, I yeah. like that he's the Joker, and I like where they're going with that. But I don't like that that was in the movie. It felt a little bit post-credits-y for me while the film was still going on. 
Um, actually, was that not a post-credit scene? I'm no, trying to remember no, where was, that it, scene was. No, it was. It was. It was actually. It was actually before a couple of key scenes. Like it was actually, it was actually content of the film after that. You know. Okay, I, mean? I don't remember that at all. I, 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 for some reason, I think I've, I've come at that at exactly the same angle you have, where, yeah. where I've just kind of in my mind chronologically reshuffled them around yeah, like, yeah. well that was obviously a post credit scene yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. so I, I I didn't like that um mm-hmm. I like I like the scene um but apparently it would have worked better apparently they cut a scene uh so one of the it okay. would have been longer but one of the scenes that hit the cutting room floor so I don't know if you knew about this Conrad but apparently that isn't the Joker but it is who will become the Joker so okay. basically in in the time that this Batman has been Batman he has taken down one other criminal, uh, like serial criminal or serial murderer. I don't know what he did, but and that was this guy who's going to become the Joker. And oh, okay. basically, he was the first one he took down. And basically, the Batman went to Arkham to talk to him to find out clues from him as to how he could maybe catch the Riddler because he had caught him before. Now, they yeah. eventually cut that scene and I think that they left the second one in because they're like, well, we've got Barry Keown. He's now the Joker. Uh, yeah. He's going to be the Joker. You know, we can't cut we've him out completely. The for the next one. They're like, we can't cut him out completely, so we'll keep the tease in. But I think it would have worked really well cause if we had known he was already there and that previous scene existed. Having said mm. that, because like, this is so it was originally meant to be a bit of like an origin backstory for the Joker as well because we've not really had that before with the Joker except obviously the film Joker, but you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. I don't... I personally don't like that it was left in. I think they should have cut both if they were going to cut one of them. Um, having said that, I am intrigued by this idea of Batman and the Joker being linked to before he was the Joker. Because yeah. it's, it says, it's he said like, you know, you do this and you do that and then everyone starts calling you a clown, you know? Um, yeah. So you can see he's sort of going down that way. So he isn't the Joker yet, but he's going to be. Uh, but I, obviously you wouldn't know that unless you listen to Matt Reeves talk about it. Because no, I mean, and, and you've just got, you've got the laugh basically. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, that's the that's the Joker right there. But um, I, I, I just don't like that it was in the main body of the film. And I think it would have worked better if they kept the other one in. Uh, and I think they should have cut that out. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen that one. Um, the thing I'm most fascinated about is uh, seeing how uh, Barry Keown does a, a Joaquin Phoenix impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder do you think they're going to try and tie those continuities together at all or are they just going to be like nope they're just different I don't I, know I don't think they will and I and I'm and to be honest with you I'm a little bit disappointed by that as much as I I I, I don't I personally as much as I, I I rail on the joke on Joker a bit even though I did enjoy watching it and the, obviously it wears its influences on its sleeve massively um yeah. I still did enjoy the film and I wouldn't have minded if if Joaquin Phoenix was the Joker of this universe Having said that, I don't know how that would work because I think there's like 20 years difference in the chronologies. Also, yeah. I would have maybe... I, I thought to myself, like, I knew Barry Keown was cast and I was like, okay, may, maybe they're doing a thing where, like, Joaquin Phoenix wasn't the actual Joker, but he was, like, the person who's created this cult that now Barry Keown will become the leader of. I was thinking of how this could work. <laughs> I personally just don't think they're going to be connected. No. But I mean, there's still a lot of talk about Joker Two happening. Yeah, it is. Uh, happen. That that movie made a huge amount of money, so they'd be crazy to leave that on the table. But then, because Batman also is what Batman movies. Batman's like ten years old in that one or something. You know what I mean? Because because yeah, cause he went to, he went yeah, to see he Bruce Wayne, him, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's more than one Joker. <laughs> maybe 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 this one's a sequel to. <laughs> like well, that. you know, we'll see in five years when they do the like the the multiverse of Batness or something. 
Yes, perfect. That'll happen. Like, Wacky Phoenix will get sucked out into the Michael Keaton chronology, yeah. and we'll get and we'll get Barry Keoghan. Well, in Michael exchange. Keaton's going to be in the Flash. So. <laughs> There's like literally like three I Batman on the, on the go. Wait, I can't keep track. I can't keep track of all this multiverse nonsense. It's all. I just as an aside before we wrap up, multiverses or stuff is where I always check out of comics because it's sort of like we've well, just removed the stakes from everything really here, haven't you? Because like you said, <laughs> no matter what happens, we can always just get another Batman or get another Spider Man or whatever. Yeah. And they're they're rapidly approaching the event horizon of multiverse bullshit in both marvel and dc at the same time i think yeah i think and and funny you mention that because i think there is definitely like you know i work with a lot of young people and i think that the young people who like the batman are of a particular mindset and they're of a particular type they're the 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 cool kids the cool kids (laughs) in my opinion they're the cool kids The, the the ones who don't seem to like it are just the ones who the only superhero films they really watch are marvel films and therefore yeah. they can't help but compare it to like spider-man and stuff uh, and yeah. Sp- spider-man no way home was like the culmination of a n- nostalgia bomb that was ticking for 20 years and i think that they're immediately comparing that to spider-man and they're like well that didn't make me feel the same way that spider-man did so therefore yeah. i don't like that and i don't then, feel happy at the end of this movie it's i just like, yeah they, 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 a lot of people i, I personally am a, a big big hater of whenever you say to someone well what did you think of this film and they say well it wasn't as good as the other one or wasn't like what did you think of film a well it wasn't as good as film b which came out three months ago it's like let's talk about film a for a bit you know i don't like always comparing films right out the gate let's just talk about a film you know what i mean yeah well especially when they're as like different as spider-man no way home and batman like they're effectively different genres of well yeah but i mean like I mean, Batman. It doesn't like the the Batman. Excuse me. It's barely a superhero movie, to be honest. It's like I know the fact he's a it, like it could he could easily just be a guy, really. I do like, I do I love, love that Conrad movie. though. There was like there was the whole conversation of like is our superhero films like diluting the movie space? And it's like how do we fix this? Let's make a real classy uh, noir. Yeah. Prestige film. superhero but movie. Still a to superhero film. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's still got a costume, and we can still sell toys of this. Yeah, yeah. That's the important thing. Do kids still buy toys of superheroes? They must do, surely. Um. Oh well, yeah. Well, my my son has a few. Well, there you go. Get him. Get him a the Batman. He didn't toy. buy him with his own money though. <laughs> Freaking freeloader. Um. Okay. Right. I think that's gonna do it for us. We've talked about this for over an hour. This, this is our longest long episode one, for a long but... time. But this, I mean, this was a great movie. So, yeah. I mean, what would you, a gun to your head, bat gun to your head, uh, what, how would you rate uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman? Um, I'm just going to do it. I, and I don't care who, I don't care who, what anyone says about me. It's a five for me. Five star. If I, oh, I, I almost gave it a five, but I gave it a four and a heart on Letterboxd. <laughs> four I don't know and a heart. I think it just needed to be a little bit shorter to get that five, but it was really oh, close I love to a it. Long It'd be film. Four and a- I love a long film. I mean, I do. T- I, I like the Lord of the Rings extended editions. I don't know what it was about this one. I think you know what I what, what it was. I think if I watched it in the comfort of my own home without toilet yes. man and phone man toilet and kicking man, chairs, yeah. it would. I think it would have got that extra star from me. Okay, I think yeah. so. I yeah. I, I put a. I'll put an asterisk by that four star and say compromised viewing experience for, for, <laughs> yeah. for this but it was still it is great really like if you haven't seen it please go and check it out because it's such mm. a great movie yeah um and uh, yeah i think that's going to do it for us then this week on the best movie podcast ever which leaves us with uh, one simple question to answer as we always do and that is anthony what's your favorite movie this week well i saw batman last week so this week it is <laughs> this week it's 1968 the planet of the apes 
lovely mm-hmm. lovely uh, Charlton Heston he'd have been a good Batman I think like, he could have pulled it off he could have yeah uh, I'm gonna just say the Batman because it's good that's what I wrote down yeah 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 yeah, yeah fair enough uh, and I, I haven't got it in me to I haven't got it in me to come up with something on the spot that's that's funnier or cleverer than you're that you're the Batman uh, I'm the ape man yeah, all good. yes yeah uh, I'm trying to. The problem with Planet of the Apes, I'll just say this very quickly, is that The Simpsons, as it did with so many things, <laughs> yeah. just completely ruined it. Dr. Zayas, like Dr. That, Zayas. Yeah. <laughs> that, I love every ape I see from Chimpanzee to Chimpanzee <laughs> is one of the all time great song lyrics, as far as I'm concerned. Um, thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot and Troy McClure for the use of our theme song. Uh, check out links to their stuff down in the uh, link in the description. And thank you to you for joining us. Please consider subscribing if you haven't already. We are the Culture Cave on YouTube and we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. Uh, get involved in the comments. Let us know what you thought of The Batman. I'm sure uh, all of you will love it because how could you possibly not? Give the show a like. It really does help. And we will see you same time same place next week and cut damn it <laughs>